0: This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein,
2: Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super j I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Sunday the 12th of February, 2023. This is episode 246. Oh. And I think it's a, an appropriate time to be digging into the sports questions. I'm going to do the sports question for me first. Uh, actually, I think I have read this last week. Uh, James said, will Arsenal choke? And last week I said no. But this week I'm going to say yes. No. <laughs> Wheels have fallen off. Lost to Everton last weekend. Uh, drew at home to Brentford this week. Uh, by the time you next speak to me... If we've lost at home to Mad City, then uh, I'll be ready to uh, jump in front of a bus. So it's it's all gone wrong. It's all gone pear-shaped, (laughs) David. I don't like it. You're like five up, though, aren't you? Uh, Six points clear, yes. But, I mean, if if City win tonight and then beat us on Thursday, then that that deficit has become uh, zero. Oh,
2: my. All right. Well, who do they play today?
3: Uh, They are playing Aston Villa.
2: They're not that good, are they? They're okay.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think they're interesting story at the moment. I don't know if you've been following this statement about the, uh, the city are in trouble because uh, of all their financial cooking the books over the last decade. Have Shocking. you seen any of that? Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are like, we're all supposed to go, no way. You're joking. I thought...
2: Right. Look, I don't know much about the fucking Premier League, but I, <laughs> I can tell you that much. Yeah. Oh, what a shock. Well, look, I think you're going to be fine. I think you're gonna you're gonna come out of this. You're gonna be smelling like a rose. Trust me. I, I could see it. I, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. In my bones, I feel it. You got it.
3: Well, I've got a question for you from uh, Miss Inspires, who says, uh, mostly for David, favourite Super Bowl food? Anything special you wouldn't have normally during other sports weekend. So you can take that one, David. And I would also like you to do the Explain Like I'm Five uh, mm. story of the Super Bowl this year. Well, Who's in it. What what are the narratives? What should we be looking out for? What's your prediction?
2: All right. Let's do that. Let's I'll start there first and then I'll do the food. How about that? Well, I'll do the food first because I'll forget to do anything else. Uh, food and, I mean honestly it, it is a big uh it is a big deal in the states. I'm not going to lie. And it is an excuse to have uh, a party. Um anything See, this year's going a little bit different though. I'll answer it this way. Uh, there, uh, there is. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I it's not traditional, but I like sushi. <laughs> I like getting sushi in the Super Bowl. So, uh, so that's that. But this year is different, Joel, and here's why. Because in in most years, I don't give a fuck. Well, I can't say I don't give a fuck, but like I don't have any emotional investment in a lot of the teams. Uh, so you can party, you can you know drink, you can eat, you can socialize, you can joke. It is just an excuse to get together and fucking have a good time. Unfortunately, or fortunately, this year, uh, if you're looking for a party, uh, it's uh, tough sledding here in Philadelphia. Why? Because the Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl. They are playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, lots of storyline narratives, but the, the big one is Philadelphia is in. That that means that this area that I live in is completely bonkers right now. <laughs> they are stressed, and they're kind of very excited, and like they got to sit through a fucking game that's going to, you know, they're going to be on fucking eggshells uh so nobody's having parties (laughs) like because everybody just wants to watch the game like there's no joking we're not fucking about we're just watching this fucking game and then afterward it will be a celebration when when it's over that's what that's what i'll say i won't even say who's gonna win i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna jinx it i'm not gonna fuck it up uh, but there will be celebrate. <laughs> There'll be riots in the streets either way. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's Philadelphia. Um, Wait,
3: when's the last time they won the Super Bowl? Uh maybe about five years ago, was it? Was it like five years? Oh, that's not that long. Okay, but what before the last time it won the Premier League is two thousand four.
2: Understood, understood. Here, yeah. But 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 big but. Before that they didn't they were just like the perennial losers. Like they would get, get to the you know, they would get to the Super Bowl, lose. They would get to the conference finals, lose. Um, so it was, it was, and you have no idea. Well, I guess you would. I mean, fucking your football is, is you have some pretty passionate fans. But it, like, it is just, it is an obsession here. It is a, It's. it's like nothing else. Like the Eagles dominate this town. And then everyone else is a distant second. I'm sorry. Like, the even when the Phillies baseball World Series, I mean, the town was fucking hyped. Don't get me wrong. It's not nothing like the Eagles. Nothing like the Eagles. Um. So that's tonight. Very excited. We're all very excited, but a little nervous. A little nervous. We want to see them win. And fuck the Chiefs. And fuck Patrick Mahomes. And fuck his dumb ankle. And fuck. Andy Reed who I hate hate I hate him why do you who is Andy Reid? why do you hate all him all right first of all he looks like Wilford Brimley if you if you can google it if you like uh I fucking hate Wilfred. right he his diabetes you. right um i had to cover him for like when i was like really deep into the sports stuff uh every fucking sunday i had to listen to you know listen to his fucking ring uh, and he's, he's always out of breath and he's always uh, I don't know I just and, and listen he's not the best dad in the world let's, let's be very honest uh, he cares more about football than his fucking family but anywho uh, I don't like him and I, and he coaches the he used to coach the Eagles for many years loser never won never won with him we would always get to a certain point lose Then he went to Kansas City and won a Super Bowl. And it's like, you motherfucker. You motherfucker. And now we play him. We play him. He's coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. We're playing him. And we're going to beat his fucking fat ass. His his Wilford Brimley fucking dumb mustached ass. Fuck you and fuck Kansas City and fuck your barbecue. What do you think of that? Anybody in Kansas City? Kansas City? It's not even a city, really. Let's be honest. The fucking dump. Horseshit. You fucks, KC. KC, your Chiefs. Chief. That's racist. Chief, Chiefs of the toilet. that's right. Chiefs of eating assholes. Yeah. What do you think of that, Kansas City? You middle of the I, I'll country.
3: i to be a chief of eating assholes. <laughs> no no king shame in here, David. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not on this podcast, anyway. We love all kinks. We love Ray Davies. Nobody's going to get that. All right. So that's what we're doing today. And I got to get my taxes done today too. So it's a little stressful as well, but hopefully uh, I won't owe too much money. And um, yeah, there we go. That's my day. That's my day all planned out for you. There we go. Uh, You know what I did the other day though? I, uh, I know we were, we said we're going to make this a nice tidy. (laughs) We're all over the place already. Uh, I hopped on the No, dis- keep going, because
3: I've got, I've got a copy and paste all the uh, Twitter questions over. So oh, okay, good, good. You, you keep answering, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
2: Uh, I hopped on the Discord the other day. It just popped on, because I had, cause you know that, uh, thing, Mid Journey, the, uh, AI graphic generator, picture generator thing. It's really fucking awesome. Um, but it's, it, the, 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 um, I guess where you do it is the best way, best way, the real scientific way I can explain it. Where you do it uh, is via Discord. And so I was like, ah, I'm going to load up this fucking thing. And it's there, you know. And I was like, ah, let me just see. And everybody was nice and civil. It was very kind, actually, and uh, warm hearted. So thank you for not calling me an asshole or some dumb shit. Somebody complained that I was uh, being mean to uh, Goto and uh, fucking. Yoshihashi again, but I'm really not. I, I, I again, I don't hate him. I just, uh, I just don't like him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't know. I, I don't hate him, but you know, whatever. The fuck. But yeah, it was nice. I think you
3: should you should look at more of Gotto's uh, Instagram content because he's mm-hmm. such a wonderful dad. Just this really heartwarming stuff, like his kids with his uh, tag team title and all that stuff and him sort of playing with them and doing their hair and stuff, which I know that might not necessarily be one of the criteria you want for, a, you know, <laughs> ass kissing, ass kissing, ass, kick, ass licking, <laughs> ass eating professional wrestler. But I don't, that kind of stuff appeals to me these days.
2: Yeah. The, the, the dad and um yeah, I get it. I see. I deleted my Instagram. I deleted, I deleted a lot of social media, but I have one, I did create a new phony Twitter account. Um, and it wouldn't be hard. Like when you get the notification, to, to, to so I can follow you and your adventures. Um, you'll know. How will me. I know it's easy. you? Know, it's like going to be like so easy. It's just you'll know. You'll know. You'll know. That's all I'll say. You'll know. You'll know. Has a big dick as a as an avatar. <laughs> big gigantic. <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> big, oh, here he is, Stephen. Here he is. Um. Okay, so that's that. That's that's where we are in life. How are, how, are, how are you doing? How are you making out? You seem like you're in fine spirits.
3: Yeah, I've got a week's holiday now. So tomorrow morning, me and the family are off to Koh Samet, Samet Island, which is uh, – I, I haven't been there for about 12 years. Me and Manny mm. f- went there when we first lived in Bangkok, uh, and now we're taking the children there, which will be nice, I hope. it's see, the beach holidays are never – that relaxing when you've got kids. You know the, the most relaxing part of the holiday when you arrive at the resort, the hotel, and you get into the hotel room and you lie down on the bed and go,
2: ah, hmm.
3: right, that's where the, the danger starts being yeah. a parent because the kids are just like trying to stick their fingers in all the electrical sockets and break <laughs> everything that's within a uh, grabbing distance. I know you so, got water
2: to worry about too. Yeah. You know, that's uh, you know another concern, I'm sure. Ah, sounds beautiful yeah. though. It's like- a lot
3: of fun, but you can't really relax per se. I have just I made peace with the fact I'm not going to be able to relax for about 17 years. Oh. Until they both out the door, gone to university. That's not good at all.
2: Uh Red now, alert. can I ask, can I can I pose a suggestion? And this is just literally off the top of my head. So how long are you there? We are there for 3 nights. 3 nights. Okay. W- would you be able to split time so in other words you have one day where you have to watch the kids that's your day and she could just relax on the beach she can read a book masturbate whatever she wants to do
3: yeah, i was just <laughs> gonna say I have a big wank but you beat me to it sorry sorry we got look we're, we're in the opening 50 minutes of the podcast we cut we are uh contractually obliged to make at least three references to, to, <laughs> right. to wanking. Otherwise, right. we get cans.
2: Right. Joel, uh, Joel. Uh, Rich and uh, Joe will uh, boot us off the network if we don't. So we have a, we have a criteria. Um, and then the next day, you have your day. You can drink all you want. You can lie on the beach and have yourself a wank.
3: Uh, that's a, a good suggestion. But the thing it's not a burden. Like, I, I really love... Spending time with the kids and the family. It's a lot of fun. It's just not very relaxing. Yes, I do. Okay, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because Hiroki Goto is, is listening and he's judging me as a fellow dad. Mm. I mean, yeah, no, we, we we take care of each other. We give each other time off to do stuff. Like, you know, of course I man, gives me the time to do this nonsense and you know I will uh, take shifts so she can go get a massage or, or whatever. We we take care of each other. We're a good oh, tag yeah. team.
2: I like this. I like that. And those fucking
3: Bishamon clowns.
2: Yeah. The title dropping fucks. <laughs> T should drop the titles. All right. Anyway. Uh where where would you like to go? Where we have a big show that we have to review, right? Um yeah. I, uh, an important show. Uh, yet I feel uh a little disappointed only in the sense that I uh we worked ourselves up into a shoot, brother. <laughs> With a lot of yes.
3: this stuff. Well, okay. Well, the, one other thing I'm disappointed about. I this, We're talking new beginning in Osaka, mm. uh, which was Saturday, February 11th, in the Osaka Prefectural Gym, that's and Arena. The attendance was a 4,055 sellout. So they did do the restricted seating, but that's because the lifting of the cheering came after the tickets had gone on sale. So they didn't want to just suddenly make it full seating after people have bought their tickets under the auspices that it was going to be restricted seating. But anyway, what I was going to complain about, Damon, is I do not like the remote audio. Now, this is not oh. Kevin Kelly, Chris Chalmers' fault. Yeah. like The actual words they were saying were great, as always. I've I said many times I think they are the best commentary team in the business, bar none. but it sounded crap, didn't it?
2: It did, and i, I got to be honest with you. I only made it through two matches, and I went to the Japanese feed. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. I tried to put up with it. I couldn't. Um, they were talking over each other. It was. It's kind of like this podcast, <laughs> you know. Um, it, you know, there's a delay and there's a. Uh, it didn't. Yeah, yeah. I think. Look what? What are you going to do? Right? What are you? What are you going to do? How, wh- why was it that they weren't there?
3: I don't know. <laughs> Kevin was very spicy it was very fun to listen to even though the audio wasn't the best quality but it sounded like he'd like nearly overslept (laughs) and missed the show that's what they seem to be hinting at Uh, uh... yeah i mean i don't think that had anything to do with the audio quality and yeah i'm not sure why they are not in japan but i i believe they will be soon i think for the new japan cup tour i don't know i could be wrong about that but yeah it was not fun to listen to
2: yeah that's a shame but you know yeah, look, what are you going to do? What, are you going to do? What, what can you do? What can you do with technology? Switch to
3: Japanese commentary. That's what you did. That's what I did. Me, I start with it. I start by Kevin and
2: Chris. Did Because I support them. But yeah. Well, I support them. It's not that I don't support them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they get paid per stream. Just, why do you hate them so much? I don't hate them. I love them. I think they're great. I think they're the best in the biz, to be quite honest with you. Um, but I just couldn't get through. I couldn't You know. You know listen, I don't care who it is. If it sounds like garbage, I can't listen to it. I, don't know. I could go see fucking. Yet yeah, you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Hey. Seriously. What's <laughs> up with that? <laughs> What's up with that? What's up with that? All right. Uh, all right. So I, I, I've totally fucking derailed the show. So please get us back on track. Where, where, where do you want to go? What do you want us to talk about? You want listener questions? What do you want to do?
3: I want to ask you, have you seen a film called Super Troopers?
2: I've heard of it. I no, I've never seen it. Why?
3: Right, I'm sending you an image of uh, one of the characters from Super oh, Troopers, which is a very funny film. If you, people haven't seen it, I would recommend you check it out. I got it. So this is a uh, Rod Favre from Super Troopers. Now, um, see, so you, you see this image of Rod Favre. Which New Japan Pro wrestler does that remind you of?
2: <laughs> um. Once you knew Japan wrestled this. Okay. This I don't,
3: maybe I shouldn't have put you on the spot like that. The reason I said it is because, uh, a friend of the show, Tyler Fornes, Forno, the real Forno, yeah, says that Hinare with his, uh, moustache reminds him from, <laughs> of the crew from Super Troopers <laughs> with their little moustaches. So I thought that was quite funny. That poppy. I, I like, see. <laughs> Always love a bit of Forno. Uh, but yeah. So this is the, the first match. Uh, Aaron Hinare and Great Khan defeating the team of Oscar Loiber and Toriyano in four minutes, 38 seconds. It was Hinare who got the pin on Oscar after uh, doing his move called rampage i really like oscar noy but every time i watch him i get more and more impressed now i'm not saying that you know he's a nailed on future world champion or anything like that but i just like the way he, I just like his game face he's he's got he's got the posture he's got the aggression he, he carries himself like a monster because it's not enough to just be big and tall in this business you have to project that aura uh, so, I, you know, that's a, an interesting comparison to Hikuno, who we will discuss later. But, yeah, very encouraging start from Loitman to his New Japan career. Uh, I, I mean, the, other, the main thing I'm thinking about watching this match were New Japan Cup projections for Greater, Greater Kahn and, to a lesser extent, Hinari. Right. I mean, I don't think Hinari's going to win it, but uh, Greater Kahn... We, as I've mentioned several times, we do this dance every year. Like, this is going to be the year that he get, gets pushed. And I always, ever since he joined the company, I've been uh, predicting him to go deep in this tournament, but he never does. Uh, so, thoughts? I mean, look, I
2: I, I am in the same boat as you when it comes to Great O'Connor and greater things. Um, It's hard to say. You know, it's good to stick your neck out and say, "Okay, he's going to do very well and maybe even win the darn thing. And the New Japan Cup is a great time to do that. Uh, But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of in a weird spot where I don't know. I I thought this would have happened earlier, (laughs) but maybe not. Let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed Uh, for Oscar. did you notice the limbs? <laughs> could, you, could you watch him with it you know, without my comments of his uh, extremely
3: long arms? Yes, and extremely And also, I noticed the tattoo. He's got a, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender tattoo. So Is that what that is? Nerds like me. Yeah, yeah. We very much enjoy that. Uh, and the 94 minutes says, which faction do you think Oscar Nobel would be a decent fit for in the near future?
2: Mm, maybe. Well, there's so many of them to choose from. John.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes.
2: It's so, it's so many.
3: Uh, I
2: think, I think of- he's a
3: perfect fit for chaos. I see him and I think, yeah, that is, he he's is chaos through and through. House of torture. Man loves a towel. House, House, of, torture. Yes. House of torture.
2: Put a little fucking eyeliner. I can say it. Yeah. Am, you know? Um, yeah, probably like TMDK, maybe.
3: Um, I can see that. I mean, they're, they're sort of, well, European. TMDK has got Zach, yeah. of course, and Oscar like, is also from Europe. So there's a little ge- geographic, very tenuous geographic connection there. <laughs>
2: they're, they're connected somewhat. Um, Maybe there. Uh, I mean, I know. We got we have to put them in a fucking faction. Um, he's the new leader of Bullet Club. How about that?
3: <laughs> <Definitely>. Yes. <laughs> I heard that as well. So actually, I heard uh, reports of the uh, the New Japan store in Suidabashi that uh, they were unloaded crates of uh, Oscar Club t-shirts. So oh. there you go, newly reported club. There you confirmed. go. All right, so, second match then is uh, the LIJ team of Hiromu, Bushi, Sanada, and Naito. defeat the team of Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Shota Umano, Tom Tomuaki, Hodler. So Hiromu pinned Taguchi after 8 minutes 43 seconds following Time Bomb 2 man the entrances to this fucking match were interminable i i timed them the entrances actually lasted longer than the match <laughs> there was 11 minutes of entrances and 8 minutes of match show to who entrance took 3 minutes I, it just felt egregiously long to me but yeah, I mean, the match itself was whatever. The, the notable thing was an extremely oily and shiny Tomawaki Honma escaping the paradise log because he, he's all greased up. I don't know if that counts as a continuation of the Sanada slump. Uh, I'm, I'm adding it to that list though, but I suppose the main takeaway here is uh, Leo Rush who challenged Hiromu by video package after the match. So. That very much looking forward to. I mean, you've called it before about Leo Rush freshening up the junior division. I hope he beats Hiro. I'd love to see Leo Rush have a run with that title. Uh, Robbie Eagles wasn't happy on Twitter. He, no. he was complaining that Leo Rush didn't discuss this in the Chaos group chat. So, oh. trouble brewing in Chaos. The, <laughs> the chaos. <laughs> oh, wow. Faction Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I thought, what, what did you think? I
2: was kind of surprised to Gucci took the pinfall, to be honest with you, um, with all the people that were in that yeah, match. Yeah, there should be.
3: Heating them up for the uh, the junior festival thing. Did you see the some of the the announcement today? They had this little video package of like you know, junior all-star festival, the representation from all the companies across Japan, shoo shoo, shoo, representing JTO, just tap out, shoo shoo, 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 the ace of the company. Shoo, shoo. And we all knew it was coming, but it just took so long to get there. Take no And that, that was just ext- I found that extremely funny. Just all the you know, the, uh, oh, the buzz and the razzle dazzle and the hype and it's Takamichinoku. We all <laughs> knew it. as soon as it said J2, it's gonna be Takamit,
2: yeah. Ah uh, did they announce everybody? Or just they're just feeding people out? No, they're
3: doing it in, yeah, drips drips and drabs. All right.
2: Alright. Well, they like they like to tease their audience, like to tickle their ass with a feather. Um so Toguchi takes the pinfall. I was kind of surprised by that, just considering everybody else that was in there. Um, it's, 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 look, I like the fact that Leo Rush is, uh, involved in this. Love it. Absolutely freshens things up. And, and, you know, if it is a challenge that is accepted and it looks like it is, um, match will be great. I, I I thought the video package when you talk about things that went on too long. Didn't that interview oh, go right? <laughs> wow. like, What come on, <laughs> make the job, <Right>. son. <laughs> right. I don't need your life history. Uh, know. You know, I was born in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> right. My third grade teacher, Miss Apple, said, um, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh my god, this is going on forever." Um, yes, but the, the actual challenge was fine. And the match was, you know, it was, it was there, but, um, I am excited for that. That is for sure. But boy, I, the idea, like, just think of how preposterous it is. The logistics. I know it was, I know we're talking about pro wrestling, mind you, but okay. I'm going to make a video. I'm going to then email it to who? <laughs> Right. And then they say, okay, he's challenging. So I guess that means we have to play it (laughs) after this. You know what I mean? Like just the logistics of it and the logic of it is just because you
3: said the video
2: Right. Like, how does that work? Like, is there like other people sending stuff? Like is it like,
3: oh my God, you're not gonna believe this.
2: We got a video. We've got
3: a video. <laughs> um, there's a race like there's like, you know, some challenges you want to come out after the match to make a challenge in person while the video is downloading It's like, oh, if, you, if the video gets to 100% before you make it to the curtain, sorry, pal, back of the line.
2: <laughs> right. right. You have to make sure you have high speed internet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy and then you know it's just i don't know i, I, just, I hate it and i understand the, the why's i mean trust me but it's just one of those things where it's just like <laughs> video challenges stink on ice um thank you very much thank you
3: we have a question from Steon who says, what direction do you think they're taking Sonata with the storyline of him losing a lot and seemingly thinking of leaving LIJ and if he still has a potential in New Japan as a top guy? I mean, it, it's not trending that way, but would it stun you if suddenly, you know, they do a, I don't know, Sanada joins just four guys or something and ends up as a New Japan Cup winner. Would that shock you? Wouldn't yes. Would shock me? Yeah, it would. Would? It would.
2: I mean, I think anybody leaving a faction... I don't do it often, you know. It's not like it's an everyday occurrence, and especially a group like Lij, who, who, quite honestly, would have what two, three, you know, the last two people that moved from a faction went to House of Torture. Um, Lij, uh, of course, evil.
3: It would. Well, I put it the curtain a bit. Actually, uh, there's been uh, some news that LIJ have been investigated by the International Wrestling Grand Prix for cooking their books for the last 10 years. <laughs> so it's a big financial scandal. Apparently, there's a lot of uh, Arab blood money has been <laughs> going into their finances <laughs> and recruiting guys like Shingo and Titan. So I think Sanad has seen the handwriting on the wall, and he, he wants out.
2: Uh, well, listen, he's always, uh, he's always there for the good of the, and the betterment of the people. So, uh, you know, good on him. Good on him. He's got some morals. Good.
3: Uh, right. Moving on to two men who don't have morals. What was that? Uh, Taiji Ishimori defeating Master Watto in 11 minutes, 80 seconds with a bloody cross. And good. as soon as we saw uh, Ishimori drive Watto's shoulder into the ring post, we, we knew exactly what this was going to be. Uh, look, I, I mean, I think Ishimori had a low key, very good 2022. So I wasn't holding my breath for work rate Ishimori here in the third match on uh, an eight match card, but I will say it exceeded my, admittedly low expectations. I thought Watto brought the energy, the lovely Tope Suicida. I think they've got really good chemistry, as you would expect, given they've wrestled each other quite a lot in recent years. There were some really smooth transitions, nice reversals into some impactful spots. Uh, I think the crowd really into Watto. So this was pretty damn good for the spot on the card. I just, I'm not sure what it achieves. Are we setting up Ishimori as a future junior challenger? Because like I said, I think Ishimori is good. Definitely warmed up to him over the last 18 months. But him being back in the title scene doesn't feel fresh or exciting. Let's just keep him away from it for a while, please. Let's see more guys like, you know, Leo Rush and Watto and Yo, Robbie Eagles, you know, Clark Connors or Alexander. whatever. There's a really deep roster of junior talent waiting to be put in interesting new programs. Uh, I'm also disappointed with Watto losing. I think he's more or less put it all together from an in-ring perspective. There's no... there's no parts of his wrestling that I think drastically need improving. And that's a a pretty high bar to clear in and of itself. But I I really feel we've left uh, Bochamania Watto in the rear view. He is confident. He's delivering high quality matches. The fans are behind him. So what are we waiting for? I mean, this is much like the Yo conversation we were having last week. I'm going to
2: strongly disagree. And I'll tell you why. So I'm watching this match. And I would say through the vast majority of the match, um, and I hate to say it, but I, I, I am watching it looking probably with a little bit more critical eye, right? I'm, I am, I'm looking for probably things that fit my narrative, right? Probably. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest with my legions of fans. Your anti-wetting um,
3: rhetoric. Here it comes.
2: <laughs> Here it comes. Joe, again, the match was kind of good. Good. It was good. Until the last, that, that, the, that deadly last five minutes. He was, I, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish with setting up the finish. But it was like two minutes of just... I don't know like they were lost. Like they fucking were lost. And a lot of that was on Watto. Like it just like they they're like hitting each other and then waiting for something to happen and nobody's doing anything and it was sloppy as fuck. Um I don't know, man. I don't I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> with Watto. I really don't. I I just don't. I feel like he 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 has he keep his matches short. Keep it there's just keep his matches short. Like if they ended that match earlier, this would have been a fine match and I would not be having this conversation with you. Um it went too long. He can't go that long. It's just too slippery of a slope for Master Watto. Keep him at 15, keep him at 10 Keep him in a test. This is eleven minutes. What? I know. This is eleven, 11 minutes. Oh, oh, 11 minutes? It felt like it was longer than that. Okay, well then keep it to five. <laughs>
3: because <laughs> because the last Introduce stretch- a new title. There's- yes, the NJPW World Free. I don't know. Yeah, he <laughs> <Asahi>, uh, DM <laughs> DMCA takedown title, right? right. Should <laughs> Where we all crossing? matches have to be yeah. in the Twitter limits of uh, I don't know, fifteen second GIF. Look, I'm just saying. Do you would you agree with me or no? That
2: that that, that closing stretch. I, was I didn't see
3: any sloppiness. No, I didn't. Well, you know, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I, I didn't haven't heard that from anywhere else. I I thought it was a pretty good match. I didn't notice any sloppiness. No. All right.
2: I thought it was sloppy, and I will say it without hesitation. And those bastards on Discord better. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. please don't. Talk that. Um, yeah, they are they're,
3: they're scumbags.
2: Are they? Are, are they? I mean, they're they're are they terrible? <laughs> they're
3: lovable scumbags. Very good. One scumbags. I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. We're all scumbags. We're all. All right. I'm
2: in. All right. So that's Watto. I I what 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 we do with Ishimori. It does feel like we're getting ready to do, do something with him, right? I mean.
3: He was champion of fucking kids. He's only just lost the belt. I know. But what are you going to do? Like, why Why did they have that match? I know, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just stick him in a tag team or something. Christ. Just yeah. Keep I'm- him away just for six months. <laughs> Put him on excursion. <laughs> He's 35 years old.
2: <laughs> All right uh let's move on what do you say
3: all right uh fourth match was Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Kenta 30 minutes 57 seconds by a high fly float uh, multiverse aces also Tanahashi's look without his two front <laughs> teeth should he keep the teeth out to continue looking like a fierce hockey player I I think it's a good look for him you know? He's always pushing did. the envelope Tanahashi it was a fierce he looked homeless he looked <laughs> he looked he looked, he looked
2: like he looked like, um, like like a bad wig, and homeless. He looked like a bag lady. Is what he looked like. All right, go. I'm sorry. Go. Yes, but he
3: could drink drink his drink through a straw without <laughs> having to open his mouth. So he he's winning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm outraged here that they didn't feel the need to protect Kenta before his huge, uh, strong title match against mm. Fred Rosser at the weekend. Um, I mean, Kinty just looks like an absolute. Dirtbag with his shaggy hairstyle. I'm a big fan. Me too. It's a good look. Two very silly looking men out there. This this was fine. It was a, a standard tune-up match for Tanahashi to set him up for the Okada challenge later in the evening. It's perfectly adequate. So the, the gentleman's well, it's not the gentleman's three. It was better than that. Gentlemen's three and a half, and uh, absolutely no angles. I mean, the match all meant nothing. Not like you were speculating last week, then with all your wacky theories. You've got egg on your face.
2: Yeah. Or was that me? I can't remember. Both. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we had fun with it. We had all these wacky booking, fantasy booking ideas. And yeah, it was just a match. Just a match with
3: nothing else. We,
2: we do this every single event, David. Every <laughs> single event. We're like, oh, here we are.
3: Earth is coming.
2: Yeah. Uh, I long. mean, look. Uh, what's weird is that was there. All right. If you're just parachuting in. And watching this match, would you even know Kenta was in Bullet Club?
3: No, I mean, Bullet Club is just so long of a tooth at this point. I mean, if it weren't for the merchandise, I'd just pull the plug on it because it's just so dis- disparate. I mean, you've got Kenta, ELP and Ishimori look like they're kind of aligned. There's, there's some sort of chemistry there. But then there's all the Bullet Club guys who are not there. You know, the Chase Owens and the Farlays don't really feel like they're a part of that as well. And then we've got House of Torture, which is still suppo- supposedly part of that. It's just, just a mess. Like, the, head, the the faction stuff, I know you've got no time for it, but it is starting to give me a headache as well.
2: Right. It's It does feel like... But here's the problem that I have with that, though. It, like, we're just going to let this fizzle out. Like, this is just going to be... You know, like a fucking sparkler that decides it's it's you know burnout, um, and which is preposterous to me because you had what could possibly be one of the best angles and storylines you've had in years, like and an opportunity because there are still plenty of people wearing those fucking bullet club t-shirts. Uh an opportunity to not only get jump back in but you know all, all the positives that we've talked about for months. And this is it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like here's here's why we constantly want to talk about the idea of a bullet club civil war. Because it's right there for them. It's right there for them. And we cannot understand or fathom how they could drop the ball on this. And yet, yet, for years, Joel, years, they've had this in their, in, in, in their grasp. And they have not capitalized. And there's just been countless, countless opportunities where you think, okay, here we go, here we go. And then no. Oh, here we go, here we go. No. 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 It's edging. <laughs> That's what this is. This is pro. Bullet Club is pro wrestling edging. How do you like that?
3: What would be the equivalent of, um, remember the elite versus Bullet Club feud that ended with some tweets sent from the boat? Right. <laughs> the Jericho <crew. laughs> I mean, like someone edging you and then like texting you a, a few days later saying, oh, I had a wank for myself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's crazy. Joe, so seriously,
2: how many scenarios have we fantasy booked for this f- faction to implode? Uh, I, I probably ten. Right? Uh, it's just
3: unbelievable that it's, it's just going to just be a wet fart. It just we're just which no, it's not, they, they're going to do it next weekend, Dave, but it's going to happen at Battle in the Valley. That is when Krusty is coming. You think so? They're saving it to do it in front of the American fans. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's not. I, 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 here's, and here's the problem. I don't care anymore. I just don't care anymore. I just want it to end. I'm tired of it. And, and, and slowly at, at a snail's pace, and not only a snail's pace, but a absolutely boring pace, uh, they're making it happen. It, it feels like it's just, Going to fizzle out, and which is <sighs> frustrating indeed.
3: FF Snell has got a fifth match, which was the never openweight six man tag team championship match. Now, House of Torch didn't want to defend the titles, but they were forced to do it. Mm-hmm which is bullshit, if you ask me. (laughs) But uh, nonetheless, we saw the team of Ren, Narita, El Desperado, and Minoru Suzuki defeat the champions, show Yudro an evil in 12 minutes 51 seconds, Ren forcing Yudro to submit to the Cobra Twist. So Narita, Suzuki, and Desperado are the new never-overweight six-man champions. One thing that stood out to me, Damon, I was really impressed by the vocal response that Minoru Suzuki got here. You'd have thought by this point, He'd be passe with the Japanese audience, but they were very much into Imperial in Osaka. And dare I say, in no small part, because of the absolute heat magnets that are House of Torture, the fans the, the, the fans love to hate them, love to see them get their asses kicked. They are serving their function and getting the intended reactions in a a very satisfying way. I mean, satisfying because I'm proved right about them, as usual. Uh, (laughs) The funny face quotient, (laughs) funny face quotient, extremely high in this match, which, uh, you know, that's what the Osaka crowd came for, clearly. And Suzuki, I've mentioned this before, he's in an interesting new spot, particularly in this match, being the baby face in peril, taking all the beatings and building the crowd for the big narrator hot tag. So, I think this pairing is definitely working for Ren so far, even at this early stage. And it's also very smartly steering the Ren conversation away from Shibata comparisons. I mean, and also the, the finisher as well. The fact that it was a, a Cobra twist, you know, they're trying to run with this story of narrator sort of channeling the energy of, uh, you know, historic wrestlers from the company and Shibata not in that conversation. So I think it's a very concerted effort to, try and move away from Shibata. And I thought this is a really fun match. It was fast. It was well-paced. I thought they worked the crowd really well. We got new champions and also a new name for the faction. I don't know if you'd call three guys a faction, but they are called Strong Style. I mean, my only question mark at this point about this faction is Desping, who was anonymous in this match. Now, I'm not demanding immediate prominence for him because... The stable's probably function, as I said, is to use Suzuki to elevate Ren. Mm. So I'm okay with Destiny not being in the spotlight right now, although it is a bit strange seeing a guy who, by all the metrics, is extremely popular in Japan, just literally standing around scratching his head while we do the Ren and his granddad stuff. But anyway, I, I really love them as six-man champions. I think there's an interesting mix of styles. That should make for some very fun defenses. And let's also give a moment of appreciation for House of Torture, who I think had a really solid run as a six-man champs. It was a good spot for them, I think. So uh, I love
2: this team, strong-style team. Um, I'm definitely into them. I'm definitely loving the fact that they are six-man, never six-man tag team champions. Uh, I look forward to many successful defenses. Uh, I look forward to who they would defend against. It's the interesting, interesting way to go. And it's, it's, you know, look, you, you got Suzuki who's still in the mix, who's still, yes, absolutely incredibly popular. And again, it's a good time for the crowd to make some noise. They were up for it. Uh, the Shibata comparisons are going to hopefully die down. I mean, I know I brought up that point that others have mentioned to me, and and again, you can see it. You can kind of, you know, if you if you're not looking for the nuances, yes, I can I can see where people could could make that uh, decision. But it's more than that, right? It's more than that. It is it is more than just Shibata. It's it's the whole idea and the whole aesthetic of. Wrestlers that are in that pocket, right? Um, I, I kind of like Desperado in here in this in this scenario. I do because he's so different, right? Because it it is a different look and feel um, to the team. I I, I do kind of dig it. Um, yes, I do agree with you that. You know, he he could be doing maybe a little bit more high profile things. That being said, I think that he does bring an element, and I even think Suzuki does too. Brings an element of uh, importance. Is that the word I'm looking for to those never six man titles? Um, Again, it's not always the titles; it's who holds the titles that that makes them makes people give a fuck be honest with you i think they're a good team to do that house of torture again where they are and what they are and and how they conduct their business is obviously leans heavily toward crowd reaction and having them have the capabilities of booing um i mean look nobody's going to go out of their way and be like, "Oh, what the, the work rate is tremendous. You know, and that's that's not what they are and that's not who they are and that's not what they do." And what they do is 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 very good. It's it's to you know, get the feelings of I want these guys to get their asses kicked. I mean, that's pro wrestling 101, right? So look, I think grading them as uh anything during clap crowd era that's tough man that's tough and there are wrestlers that made it happen but again their whole thing is based off of crowd reaction i mean imagine being imagine being given that task okay you're gonna go out there it's gonna be a, a lot of bullshit blah 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 but you know you're gonna get heat brother well Okay, heat? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, it's like it's silent in here. It's a fucking mausoleum. Uh, All okay. right. Now now you can see the, the benefit of a house of torture. Are their matches great? No, of course not, but that's not why they're there. That's not why they're there. Thank you.
3: I wonder if our friends over at Keeping It Strong star will be forced to change their podcast name now. There's going to be a copyright on uh, Ooh. the term strong. Stuff. You think so? To be keeping it something else. Keeping it. How about
2: this? No. Right, that's not a good one. I don't it's not even funny.
3: <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Keeping it, eating Jushin Thunder Liger's asshole. I'll tell you what. <laughs> one of
2: the I'll, let have it. I'll let them have it. I'll let them have it. They can have eating Jushin Liger's asshole. I wish somebody would have a podcast called Eating Jushin Liger's Asshole. That would be so great. It would make me feel good. Make me feel like I accomplished something in life
3: uh cactus max says with his matches against ishii juice zach Bunny, matthews josh barnett does Ren Narita not already show a higher ceiling than the other young talent i think yeah there is a danger of him showing up his peers you know particularly someone like shota umino because i would say at the moment ren looks the part he looks like he gets it and shota at this early stage doesn't so yeah i think Ren is exceeding expectations so far why do you think Shota doesn't have it well, he's not yet shown a type of match that has received the universal critical acclaim that something like Naruto versus Ishii did. Okay, and it's just the the question is just a matter
2: of having that stellar match. And he had an opportunity, main event Naito. I get it. Okay, um, but that is is that just what people are looking for, or do you think that there's other things in in him that is that makes him? Uh, a little suspect on being the blue chip prospect that I think the company wants him to be.
1: What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Uh,
3: I've heard lots of things. I mean, I, I was listening to rich on voices of wrestling say that, he just thinks Schroter doesn't have it. Like he, he saws the stuff from his excursion and you know he can see it. He said he can see it in his eyes that like he just he doesn't have it. And Rich is not the only person to say that to be fair. I'm a bit more optimistic on it. I mean, I'm not saying that he's gonna turn out to be you know the generational ace or anything, but um I'm willing to give him time, I'm willing to be a bit more patient. And you know, I'm not who knows? I think you know, people can change a lot. We've had this conversation before, but I mean the question actually was about Ren. And red seating, true. Um,
2: I think both guys. I mean, it's great. I, I'm thrilled that he was able to put together more than one match that you know had people talking and it had people buzzing. I I think it's fantastic uh, at a such a uh, in the infancy of his career. I I think it's great. That doesn't mean that the others don't have it. You know, um, and I think it's a little, a little bit unfair, but eh, it'll happen. I, 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 I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about a 20 year old, um, not having it in his first year. Uh, and I think he does have it. I gotta be honest with you. I don't necessarily see the, the issues yet, but I think he's fine. Both of them, both of them. Um, and I don't think one's ahead of the other. Um, well, I, no, I take that back. One's ahead of the other right now. Yeah, with with the catalog that he has under his belt, sure, Brand absolutely deserves full marks, all the credit. But you know, let's 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 see where we are in a year. That's all I ask.
3: The sixth match was the Loser Leaves Japan match with Hikuleo defeating Jay White in 25 minutes and eight seconds via Chokeslam. So Jay White must leave Japan. So this, this I think, is a more subtle, low-key version of the, the WWE bloodline story that's getting a lot of critical praise at the moment. It's a simple story. You've got the young rookie... You know, he's taken under the wing of the evil mastermind then eventually forced to choose between his stable and his brothers. I thought the turn last year was well executed. Everything is built really nicely to this match. Um, Freaks like us, David, we've been desperately searching for some kind of narrative thread, both to Jay White and to the the Bullet Club. Uh, I'm doing massive air quotes here, Civil War. Mm -hmm. And maybe this is why... I love this match so much because we actually got a cohesive timely dramatic emotional payoff to to this part of the story at least and look this wasn't a moves match it wasn't a stars match it wasn't one that I expect a ton of casual plaudits or or, or high ratings because you know it didn't have a a million flips or or, or weapons or people slicing their foreheads open or cutting in ring secondary school drama class tier promos in the ring like the US wrestling fan piggies snuffle up and shit out as their uh, tediously predictable matches of the year every year. What <laughs> <laughs> you people fucking disgust me. Uh, and actually Damon, I thought I thought this match wasn't very subtle. Really. It was borderline mortgage. It, it towed that line. It was a bit corny. They were laying it on very thick at the end. Obviously, that was still too subtle for the, the filthy, shit encrusted hogs who usually love to gobble down their, their Tony Khan or Vince McRapist produced slop. I mean, I still maintain that this exact story and match, beat for beat, move for move, on dynamite with two AEW wrestlers, would have the usual suspects wanking themselves into oblivion over it. Or, you know, transpose it onto the, the bloodline in WWE, would have their unwashed cretin fans who've never read a book or seen a proper film in their life declaring it the the greatest piece of fiction in the the history of humankind. And, you know, all the clout-chasing, disingenuous, mcmahon atrocity apologist pundits claiming to be weeping uh, homer tears of uh, emotional resonance. And, look, it, I've never been a man uh, afraid of being on an island. I don't give a flying fuck if someone likes the the Japanese fake fighting slightly less than I do. dare say... I actually enjoy occasionally rattling the cages of uh, the various fandoms for my, my own personal amusement. But the key thing here is, you, you know me, I will tell you what I think is crap, yes. what I think is great. Yes. And I thought this match was great. Hikaleo, he looked, he looked really emotional, actually, during the entrance, which turned out to be a probably unintentional bit of misdirection. And just the whole match felt big. It felt weighty. It felt like there was something of real consequence on the line. And... We've given uh, given Jay White a hard time over the last few years. Uh, Rightly so, in my opinion. But very early on, it was clear that this Jay White we're watching was prime Jay White. This was a a world-class, motivated, driven, professional wrestler going out there with the the singular goal of getting Hikaleo over. He was bumping like a ragdoll for Hikaleo. He made him look like an absolute powerhouse beast, They were laying the strikes in heavy. Some of the ringside guardrail spots were, they were hard, they were nasty. Crowd eating it all up. They were loving it. And these two wrestlers, they knew each other's moves. They were countering them in, in creative and uh, uh, believable ways. And I really like little moments of it, like the, the intensity of that chop battle at the end where he's, you know, rips Hickler's vest off. And they're swearing and screaming at each other. I actually, I thought Hikolo sold the knee quite well. I've heard some people say otherwise, but, you know, limb matches don't always need to win with a guy fucking up a big move and, and losing. Sometimes it could be about them powering through it and, and showing the strength or the heart to overcome as we got here. Like there were some key moments where Hikolo tweaked his knee after a big power move, just enough for Jay to recover and, and land a counter afterwards. The, the, the Blade Runner counter to the Scoops Land was Amazing, it was so good. But but ultimately, Hikaru, excuse me, he was just he was too big, he was too strong. Powerbomb J out of his shoes, and then after that, Jay White was done. He was finished. Like you could see it in his eyes. So there was no crazy counter sequence at the end. Like by the time Hikaru had Jay White by the throat, Jay just had nothing left. And I really loved that that uh, acceptance of defeat manifesting mm-hmm. itself in a throwing up the 2 sweet one last time. You know, like, the, the well done, kid. You got me. Put her there. And the little smile when Hikolo gave it back to him, knowing that, you know, although he's lost, he put his ego to one side and just took some shred of satisfaction in seeing his former underling step up and surpass him and bring out the best in him. The little fist bump with Tanahashi at the end, it, it was just... There was a, a pretty emotional and thoughtful backstage promo by Jey. Afterwards, he acknowledged Japan and the fans, and just the whole presentation, the whole match, really landed with me dramatically and emotionally. And there was nothing outrageous or, or mind blowing about this match. It was a, a really basic story of the small, bad, quick guy trying to beat the big, strong guy by going after his knee. But you know, the big, strong guy is too big and too strong in the end. It's it's not rocket science. It was simple, well executed. This this stuff we watch, it doesn't always need to be, you know, mind meltingly awesome sequences or, or death-definingly dangerous spots to be great. Sometimes it just has to be simple. Tell the right story and tell it well because professional wrestling is that is what I want. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Simple, right? Um it's I I I you know, come out of this match thinking, what a great performance by Jay White. Look, Hikaleo is somewhat limited in what he can do in the ring, right? Um, And quite honestly, he's a monster. And there's no need for him to be a a person who's, you know, he's not going to be fucking, you know, Will Ospreay, nor should he be.
3: Um, Look, if, he, if he wants to fuck Will Ospreay as long as Will Osprey is giving consent I think what <laughs> adults do the privacy no, of no, the movie no. is up to them no, that's what I'm saying um,
2: so it's you know you are somewhat limited in in that regard and, and that's fine because that's not who he is that being said Jay White was unbelievable in this match and, and, and you're right, his bumping and just flying all over for him and selling everything and, and making him look, Higaleo, look like a guy. You know what I mean? Like, like and when I mean a guy, I, I mean, you know, somebody who is going to, you're going to see a lot more of. Let's put it that way. Um, I don't know if it's the pro wrestling in me that. Still has some doubts that this is the end of Jay White in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I, I, for whatever reason, I still have a little thing inside of me of, you know, this might just all come turn around and be like, you know, this is the beginning of his gigantic baby face run.
3: (laughs) Um, and I might, they weren't laying it on very, very thick, like everyone on the social media tweeting at him and right, you know, throwing flowers at him. It's, yeah, it's a bit. Right. Know, you,
2: yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it just like whew, it did feel like this was, it, it, you know, Jay White turning face. Right. It did. Did I did feel this? Um, and I could be dead wrong. I could be absolutely dead wrong. But I don't know if this is the end of Jay White in Japan. I'm telling. I'm. I'm putting that out there. Um. And I'll go so far as to say this. And it's not like it's it's you know, I don't think it would be a huge ask, but I have not heard one person tell me that Jay White is definitely done with New Japan.
3: Have you, Joel? No, I've heard no confirmation or not even uh, whispers. That, the, the kind that we usually get. I mean, I asked around, and it certainly seems that they are trying to lead us to believe that he is on his way out, but that happened last time as well, didn't it? Right. It sure did. Um, and again, I, and, and,
2: oh, and here's another thing, too. I don't think that Jay White is going to be a New Japan pro wrestler just working in the United States. I just just don't see that happening. Um, It's just like the the money and the it just just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, I there is something in my head, Joel, that is just like this is not the end of it. So maybe, and again, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just whatever. But it just feels as if this is a master mind and i hate to be this guy it's a work i don't know i don't know but but usually when when guys are leaving we kind of (laughs) know and i have heard not one human being tell me yep he's definitely gone he's he's yeah and i haven't heard that so take it take it for what it's worth Again, have I, have I specifically asked? No. No, I haven't. And if you want, here at 9.59 a.m. on the East Coast, Super Bowl Sunday, let me fire off a couple of texts, shall I? Shall I? And maybe we can get some confirmation. So right now, I'm going to open up my phone, and I'm going to text Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Jay White definitely leaving New Japan. Okay. And I will hit send. I'm going to send this now. And then I'll copy and paste, and I'll send it again. And I'll copy and paste, and send it again. And I'll copy and paste, and I'll send it again send it to the chaos group chat as well. Yes, I'll I'll be involved in that as well. I am a member of uh, Chaos, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> all right. So there you go. We we did our due diligence, Joe, as uh the leaders of New Japan Pro Wrestling information and podcasting. <sighs> I feel good about myself now.
3: All right. As you should, Damon. Thank I you. Mean, a me. lot of people were asking this. Um, Sean said, "So is Jay White's last match for New Japan against Eddie Kingston at Battle in the Valley?" And yeah, I mean, I am on the fence. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to relitigate all the discussions we've had over the the last few years about Jay White. But I, whether or not he stays, I still believe the switchblade heel character has run its course in New Japan. Apart from the one glaring uh, omission of him not wrestling Zach. I think that I still can't believe that hasn't happened, but it's either it's time for for him to change or for that character to go elsewhere. But I mean, God damn it. If we're taking this at face value, that this is Jay White done in Japan or New Japan, whatever, as you said, like it, it's, you know, about five minutes into this match, I just remembered how fucking good he could be. Yeah. And I just had this sad sinking feeling that, you know, if this is it, I mean, he is a hell of a professional wrestler. And again, if this is it, if he is done, I'm not saying that he is, but it would be a real missed opportunity if we do if we never get that babyface run in New Japan. And look, as you said, who knows? Maybe we will. I don't know what's in store for the future. They might have like a, a big angle at Battle in the Valley where he starts his babyface run. You know, he said backstage he doesn't want Ghetto to come over to the States. He wants to do it by himself and maybe eventually makes his way back to Japan as a, a fan favourite. might go to AEW. He might go to WWE. I have no idea. So whilst on the one hand... I can say that him moving on to something new, whether that's, you know, new character, new gimmick or new company, I think at the moment it's the best case for all parties. If this is it, I'm really going to miss him. Yeah. Uh, So Mark says, if Jay White is truly leaving slash gone from New Japan, was never turning him face a huge mistake. I understand maybe they tried to wait during COVID, but it seems like they've really dropped the ball. Errol Hemp says, who will be champion when Jay comes back to Japan in full-blown face modes in a couple of years? Uh, Evil will be the champion. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeho says, will Jay White win the world Impact champion? CSU Japan are in a working relationship with Impact. St. Chaddy says, how that Jay is seemingly out the door, what are some, oh now that Jay is seemingly out the door, what's some of your favourite and least favourite Switchblade moments for me? His match at Wrestle Kingdom 2021 against Imushi is one of my favourites. He can get more and more desperate as he cracks under the pressure. It's excellent stuff. Uh, off the top of my head, that G1, G1. final. Yep. Is it tw- 2019 against Ibishi. That was great as well. I mean, he had really great chemistry.
2: Um, I mean, Joel, yeah. maybe he comes back as the Midnight Rider, right? <laughs> he puts on a mask. Everybody knows it's Tiger Joe. Mask 5. That's a great idea. Right? He comes back. Everybody knows it's him. Bob Geigel comes out and says, You gotta unmask. Um I'm doing old pro wrestling, Joel. Uh yeah, but again, let's let's I would. I'm telling you what. And again, I know I'm talking myself into this, and I know I'm doing this once again. But I'm just going to throw it out. Wouldn't it be great if this was a work? wasn't Wouldn't this be just a fucking hoot if this turned out to be, you know, him sticking around and everybody thinking he's? I would like this would be unbelievably great. I I, I would love it. This would be great. But okay, let's just.
3: Uh, I was just fighting yeah. off the bullet club attackers, you know, the yeah. ghetto's there and they all jump him and he fights off Kenta and Ishimori and picks up the mic and says, I'm
0: not going to anywhere, you maggots.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Come on. Let's get in it. Let's hope. Let's hope. All right. What, what do we got next? Yeah, can we talk just a, yeah. a little word on Hikuleo? Like, what is the ceiling for Hikuleo? Because I think he's a guy who's improved a ton in the ring. I think now we've seen he can put on a high quality long form match with the right mm-hmm. opponent, as yes. we, we've seen tonight. I think his promos are weak. Like he, his promo after this match, like, the, the biggest match of his career, it was really poor. Like he should have come with something better than that. He does not have the yet. He does not have the charisma or the you know the confidence or intensity of a guy like you know just uh, comparing to another monster, a guy like Bad Luck Farley. And there is a gap in the roster for a big monster. I don't know if Hikaleo is that guy. I don't think he's a future world champion, but that's okay. He doesn't have to be. I think there's a lot of upside in Hikaleo at you know, even if it's just a, a mid-card big man who can, you know, squash the little guys, be a gatekeeper to the upper echelons, an occasional singles title challenger. I'd like to see him in a proper tag team too. So there is absolutely value there and a spot for him on the roster. Like not everyone needs to be a future ace, there's some debate. I mean, there's some people saying that they think this spot would have been better served going to someone else. But I don't know. I think it's worthwhile. Let's let's give Hiccolo the ball. Let's see if he can run with it. You know, let's see, see if they can sustain this push and see what we've got after 12 months. I think, um, it, I think a lot
2: has to do with who's in the ring with him, right? Um, I, I think that he, you know, not for nothing, are we going to give him the same rope as we're going to give the other young lions? you know, who have graduated and, um, are looking to do great things. Um, you know, he's a big guy and I think the easiest thing to do is to make him that big monster guy. I mean, it's, it's, it's there for the taking. Um, I don't know how that big monster guy translates well into being a baby face, right? I don't know if, if, if that necessarily works there? I don't know. Um does he absolutely have to be a heel? No. But I mean that's an easier way to go. It's an easier thing to do to make him that monster. Um I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you turn him into a fucking 911 where he's just chokeslamming people and that's it because he's definitely got more in him than that. But I do think that there is a ceiling. I don't, I, I do not expect him to be, you know, world champion. I don't expect him to be, you know, US champion. Um, but I think like tag belts is certainly doable. I think that would be a fantastic thing to have this team of, you know, whomever and a monster like him just fucking laying waste to the, to the tag division. Sure. No problem with that. Um, Never championship, sure. I have no problem with that as well. Um, But again, you know, we we can't put him in there with fucking, you know, know, (laughs) Tenzan. You know, that's gonna be that's gonna be some fucking tough sledding. You know what? I'm curious to see him in New Japan Cup. Let's see what he can do with a with a variety of different opponents. That's really going to be like. Let me see him in New Japan Cup. Let me see what he can do in New Japan Cup. And then let me make that decision uh you know what really we can do with him because that's going to be a true litmus test of what he can do um and is 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 his in ring not just his look is his in ring passable as well Jay white did a great job um uh, and and he did do I don't want to take away from him he did a great job hicoleo but um you know we, we I think there's more that needs to be seen but i but I like what I see so far how about that
3: uh, Aaron says, My daughter is turning four in April. Do you think there will be any Bullet Club story progression before she turns six? Uh, Pro Wrestling V1 says, What was your favourite part of the much vaunted Bullet Club Civil War? Morning Pro Wrestling says, If the results of last night are suggesting maybe none of Evil, Kent, or ELP are going to be Bullet Club leader, who among some of the outside wild cards do you like best to step up for the role? Finley, Gabe Kidd, Suji, or something further out the box like an Archer, Lawler or Sonata? Nick says, Thoughts on who should be the next Bullet Club leader? Got lots of questions about Bullet Club leader, yeah. or should they dissolve the faction entirely? And Method, 95 says is crusty coming. So this is the last time we're gonna do it, Damon. Nice. Here's my is coming moment of the week. New bullet club leader. You ready? Go ahead. Sitting down. I'm sitting. New bullet club leader, Mercedes Monet. <laughs> wow.
2: Look at that. That would be something, wouldn't it? That, wouldn't that's, it? That's uh that's a name that I have not even thought about to be quite honest at all <laughs> It's not been mentioned at all um huh okay i like i i i like i like where you're going here i do I like it I like that a lot um I would dig it that's that's cool with me again that's a name that I didn't even consider um, but yeah. I like it a lot. Um, can I, I can I hop on your bandwagon with that? Can I jump on your train? Welcome
3: aboard. I, I'm okay. not going to explain it further. I'm just going to let let the listeners ruminate and yeah. digest that one that over the week while they're looking forward to Battle of the Valley. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome.
2: All right, all right. Let's let's keep our fingers crossed and put it in the in the file of things that obviously won't happen, but we love to make. <laughs> 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 we we'll put that. We got that folder chock full of stuff.
3: Okay, seventh match was the never openweight championship match with Tamatonga successfully defending against El Fantasmo, 27 minutes and 7 seconds mm-hmm. with the J driller. I think this match suffered from the, the uh, emotional come down following the loser leaves Japan match, but I, there was something very cool about seeing two guys who spent most of their new Japan careers as cheating shitheads go out there and have a, a relatively clean, competitive, High-level title match. And look, it did start off very slowly. I wonder if a shorter, more intense match might have worked better here. Uh, I do think that's a systematic issue in New Japan. I'm not the first person to say that. But, you know, you always seem to have the semi and the the main have to be nailed on to go a certain length. But, you know, if the work is good enough, you don't notice it. El Phantasmo's singles matches are usually a lot shorter than this. He does have plenty of experience working longer singles matches. But I think he's still figuring out how to fill that time when he's wrestling relatively clean and he's not doing his usual heel shtick. And and Tamatonga too. He usually works a much shorter match unless it's against top guys like Okada or Jay White. So it's a relatively new thing for them both here. I think that showed here. But look, there was absolutely nothing wrong with the match itself. I thought it was very good. Just had some pacing issues. The back end was really good with uh, all the counties, the stun counter Crucifix elbow, all that stuff elp still dipping into the the bag of previous bullet club leaders i'm curious as to whether that goes anywhere because if he wants to establish himself as his own man that that's got to stop and there's very clearly a story ongoing with his internal conflict like his struggle over whether or not to use the title belt to attack Tama. i i like the story about the the one-shot kill thing with the sudden death and the gun stunt and all the creative counters for that i, I talked about earlier there was a The gun stun counted into the CR2. That was fantastic. ELP kicking out of the gun stun got a great response from the crowd and that led to a really emotional moment of. Tama pointing to the sky using the Jay Driller to win the match and a, a touching tribute to Jay Briscoe. So by the end, it was a, a real high-quality match. Just to me, it would have benefited from shaving 10 minutes off. But aside from my issues with the timing, I mean, big picture thoughts, I think El Fantasma is really working his socks off now. He's having exciting, high-flying, dynamic matches. The fans are responding well to it. Tama Tonga, he's just on a different level now. He's in incredible shape. The fans love him. He's brimming with confidence to the point at which I think, you know, he could lead his own faction at this point. And, and he he really, he's got the chance to make this never title his own and define a new era in its history. Like, this is the perfect spot for him now. Um, and El fantasmo I mean, there's been talk about him as bullet club leader. He's been put in a lot of these spots, you know, challenging for KLPW, challenging for the never title this could be it for him. I mean, like, you know, the, the tighty spot of a mid-card heavyweight who can challenge for titles. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on him and have him, you know, win a heavyweight singles title or lead a faction, but they are very intentionally putting him in semi-main events and main events to get us used to seeing him. Right. right. So... Uh- Darius, or Darius, do you think with the win by Hikoleo and strong performance by ELP that the company may be positioning them to be the next top foreign talents in the company? I don't know if I would go that far. David, what do you think of this match and, and both wrestlers? I thought the match was good. Um, I
2: Again, the hardest thing in pro wrestling is to get guys that kind of have established themselves as middle-of-the-card kind of guys as legitimate stars because I think fans need to be reconditioned and need to, and that takes time. It, it just doesn't, it, you can't just fucking flip a switch on guys who have, you know, for years been middle of the road, middle of the card guys. Um. So yes, you are absolutely a thousand percent correct in that ELP is in these situations and in these spots to condition to to kind of make him in a different light to the audience and the fans so that he can be taken seriously as again credible credible threats and credible uh things for for bigger angles and bigger matches and 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 on, and all that so yes i do think that um, there is more for guys like El Fantasma and and even Tamatanga. Uh, you're right; he should be leading a faction. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, they, to me, yes, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, and you have to make new stars, right? Don't you? You have to make new stars. It's it's, but it's a difficult thing to do again trying to change people's perceptions of people um going in Tai Chi is a perfect example of that right um I like Tamatanga I think he is has vastly improved not only his in-ring but his out ring his look his aesthetic His, uh, vibe, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it. Like he feels like, you know, he's a guy who can carry that title. Absolutely. Um, El Fantasmo, I think, look, we talked about it a lot that it does feel like, you know, if they were going to continue bullet clubbing, that he's the leader of that. He, she, and he's got the mic skills. He's got the in ring, all that. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the fact that they, they didn't know how to make it work going that long of a match. Like both those guys have had matches that have gone that long in their careers. You know, it's not not it's not like Hickaleo, um for, for both those guys. Um, I thought the match was good. I I honestly thought it on paper it could have been better. I did, but. Uh, nonetheless I I thought it was a good match and I think again once again these are these are situations where we're we're retraining the audience.
3: All right, fair enough. Uh we've got Mali rustling some bags in the background there. Our main event was the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match with Kazuchika Okada getting in his first successful defense against the challenger Shingo Takagi in 32 minutes and 7 seconds with a Rainmaker. And What a treat to finally get an Okada versus Shingo match in front of a cheering crowd. This is the fifth one, and it's just crazy to think that the previous four were all clap crowds. Yeah, like That just blew my mind when I checked it. So, I mean, this was like a love letter to all those previous matches. And I don't know, just to me, it just felt like a real celebration of the return to cheering. And that also allowed the heel face dynamics to play out with Shingo soaking up the love of the crowd. I know there's like the Dragon Gate thing with that sort of Osaka region. Uh, black trunks Okada working the heel role and like his ability to do that organically to have that versatility to be the conquering company hero flying the flag for the memory of Antonio Noki at Wrestle Kingdom then a month later he's you know, defended the same title and just being an absolute prick about it that's that's a really underrated facet to Okada's game and you know case in point here him using the money clip to annoy all the fans it was great uh, <laughs> yeah. but this match I mean this was tremendous they were working so stiff like even early on, just bell to bell, they're really walloping each other, and it, it really felt like a struggle rather than you know, pro wrestling because sometimes feel like a sequence of choreographed spots. This, this wasn't it, I mean, they were like deadlifting each other, muscling each other into position. It's just some nasty ringside bumps from both guys. Just the whole match punctuated with this story of the money clip, which has you know, historically caused big problems for Shingo, and as you'd expect, down the stretch, just tremendous. Dramatic counters, the Rainmaker count where Shingo counted that into a lariat. Really kicked into gear that bit where Shingo's just stiffing Okada with the kicks, which that's now become Okada's berserk button because of uh, Kato Kiyomiya and that just a whole adds a whole extra layer of drama when Okada can tap into that rage mode when he gets that look on his face. It's such a great visual, uh, just them whacking each other, the sweat flying off their bodies as they're battering each other. Uh, there was a great moment where Shingo no-sold the lariat. That just gave me little flashbacks of the Shibata match at uh, Sakura Genesis 2017. Just some of the stuff at, at the end, the Rainmaker counted into the last of the dragon. What a spectacular moment that was. Yeah. It was so well executed. I bit, the crowd bit, you know, just the classic closing stretch in front of a rowdy crowd. New Japan's back, baby. The battle is over. We have won, et cetera. Just fucking tremendous pro wrestling. Awesome. I mean, two of the best in the
2: world, right? Just every time they get in the ring, they, they, they never cease to amaze me. Um, it's everything that you want in a New Japan main event. Um, I mean, look, it's not, it's not the greatest match ever. Uh, but it was sure fucking great. <laughs> you know, it, it, you you've, you felt it again. You know what I mean? Like, it, like we've, 2023 has gotten off to a pretty decent start, right? Um, And again, the crowds absolutely help. And having performances like that with those two guys who are just incredible. And here's a problem: we knew not the problem, but the, the 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 blessing. We we knew, right? You're looking at this card, and it's funny because we didn't really talk a ton about the lead up to this match or the. It, it was just like oh, this will be great. <laughs> right and it was you know it, and it was and i'm not saying that in a boring or a hand-wavy kind of way like you just knew that they were going to deliver and you knew that they it, the match was going to be great and you knew that when you turned off that television you were going to be like all right that fucking ruled and it did it was great um i look i've said it before i think shingo is maybe the best uh wrestler that new japan sign the you know free agent signing we'll call it like to me he's just so invaluable like he's just so he could do everything and then some um just just great pro wrestling and you know and again 2023 is off to a really killer start not bad
3: Right, so let's look ahead to next week. We have, on Saturday, February 18th, Battle of the Valley from San Jose, California. We don't have official match order yet, but let me ask you this. DeFrost says, what match goes on last next week? And how badly will the Sasha stance take it if it's Okada versus Tanahashi? So yeah, of course, I forgot to mention that, that uh, afterwards, Okada challenged Tanahashi. So that is going to be our title match. Uh, what say you? What should our main event be? um I, I look to
2: me your your world title match has to go on last L- let me take that back it doesn't have to like even back in the day like a, a world title match would be on could could possibly be on before intermission like i've i've seen it happen you know i mean and we're going back to backland and you know stuff like that but I mean, it has happened in the history of, of the fucking sport. Um, I think, though, Okada closes the show. Now, it, just because you drew the house, and let's be very clear, she drew the house, doesn't necessarily mean you automatically get the main event spot. And I'm going to be very honest with you. What does it matter? Does it really matter? I Here's the thing. I wouldn't care. I I honestly would not care if she close the show you I would have zero problem with it I just don't know if new japan does that you know what I mean I don't know if new japan does that so if you if you're going to whine and complain on twitter that she didn't close the show she drew the house you take solace in that she drew the house so um I don't think she'll close the the, the show though I don't
3: I agree. I think Okada Tanahashi will go on last. And I just think the people that are insisting that Mercedes and Kyrie should go on last are a very noisy but very small minority of people. I don't have that lack of confidence in these new viewers that they're going to watch that match and then just turn off their TVs and not stick around for... The main event same for the fans of the building i don't think there's going to be fans saying, well okay mercedes car is finished let's go home let's beat the traffic no i don't really see that as being a, a serious issue so yeah i agree with you i think okada tanahashi is going to be our main event here um cactus says should okada have a 2017 style dominant run swatting away all challenges until osprey beats him at the yes. tokyo dome uh i don't Addo- yeah uh, yeah i agree i think so. i think that's the story uh dojo says is Okada moving towards a heel turn or more heelish uh, also, do you expect to see something at Battle in the Valley about the possible Kiyomiya match? I don't. I think the Kiyomiya thing is more for the Japanese fans. Um, I mean, in terms of this, calling this match, I don't think there's any chance Tanahashi wins. I think it's going to be a really great match and they're going to do all the greatest hits and the crowd are going to love it, uh, but it should be a, a pretty comfortable match. Uh, defense for okada
2: yeah i think so too and i think it's pretty cool that the us has now have you know now has two okada tanahashi matches that's 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 pretty cool i mean you you are seeing a legendary series of matches so um you know and another one added to that so you know that's 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 pretty cool for those people that are going to be there
3: yeah, I, I would say so the last question as well. I, it's not a heel term for Okada, but like I said, it is that that flexibility to adjust based on the crowd, and what the vibe is, that he could do that. If this is it's not sort of black or white for Okada. It's one of the things I love about him. Absolutely. Uh so that will be uh well Possibly the main event. Uh, other matches, again, this is in no particular order from the website, but we've got a filthy rules fight. No DQs, ring ropes will not be used in this bout with homicide against Tom Lawler. So the, the story is strong being that Tom Lawler's in a bit of a funk at the moment and is losing matches he shouldn't be losing. So I expect Tom Lawler to win this. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know a great deal about homicide there. So there's no sort of nostalgic cachet uh, I have with him. Uh, so. I can't say I'm like on the edge of my seat looking forward to this one, but I do love filthy Tom. So I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and you can definitely tie his losing streak to his fandom of the, uh, the super J cast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> He's been spending too long on our Discord uh, doing sleuthing for Kikuchi, who's popped up in Noah again today. Again,
2: I know. Yeah, so, look at that.
3: Yeah, on the case of that. Uh, we've also got a thirty-minute limit. Eddie Kingston versus Jay White. Now, Eddie Kingston, I think he was pulled off a is it a Defy show with an injury. So I don't know. I suppose there's a non-zero chance that he may be injured and not be able to. Uh, participate in this one, but this is the match where Jay White starts his big uh, babyface turn and uh, <laughs> fights off the uh, the Haunted Bullet Club, and uh, he, the, the Mercedes Monet will be setting the, the the gang on him. So she'll be ordering them to attack Jay, and then he'll fight them off and say, "This is <laughs>
2: this is our crustiest coming moment." Oh, I wish we could book this company. How good that would be awesome. All right, but anyway, okay
3: yeah 20 minute limit we got volador junior kevin knight Kashida, dkc against rocky romero josh alexander adrian quest and mascara dorada i've always said these uh, strong multi-man tags it's gonna be great like don't sleep on this one don't skip it because you know you usually skip because the multi-man tag matches in the japan shows are usually nothing to write home about i mean just look at the people involved in this you know guys like josh alexander and kevin knight dkc adrian quest they're gonna want to grab this opportunity by the horns even if it is just an eight-man tag and it's going to be tremendous fun i'm sure we have this is interesting strong open-weight tag team championships with the champions alex Shelley and chris Sabin, motor city machine guns uh defending against the west coast wrecking crew jarell nelson and royce isaacs and i've been a big fan of west coast wrecking crew and i i don't i think they should win this me too no i don't yeah, let's belt them up. They're great. They, this is not just me because I've got affection for them because they've been doing strong from early on in its inception. I, I genuinely think they're a really good tag team, and I think there's a lot of interesting stuff they could do with them. Uh, a thousand percent. I mean,
2: I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I forgot all about <laughs> who held the titles to begin with. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I think there should be, and I think there will be. How about that? I think there will be. Put, be,
3: put, put, the, put the house on it. We have a strong openweight championship match with Fred Rosser defending the title against the challenger Kenta. I think Kenta wins. I think Kenta's gonna stick around in the US and he will be a guy to defend this strong openweight title in the States. Okay.
2: And yeah, then like it's that. and then it's Kenta versus Jay White.
3: <laughs> Kenta versus Jay White, yes. Wait, okay. After he's been kicked out Bullet Club, yes. There you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, are you in agreement? you see a title change
2: there? I do. Yeah, I do.
3: We also have the NJPW World Television Championship with Zack Saber Junior. defending against the challenger Clark Connors. All right, how about this? Uh, Clark narrowly loses, but impresses Zach so much that Zach gives him a TMDK shirt and Clark Connors is recruited to the faction. I, I, I,
2: I'm in. You are so creative, Joel. Yeah, I know, they should just give me the book, shouldn't they? I swear to God. That's a good... I like that call. I like that call. Now, that's too... Well, I'm not really Young Lion anymore. Yeah, fucking let's do it. Come on. Have some balls. One of these three things have to happen.
3: <laughs> uh, we, we have uh, Alex Coglin versus Joe Kratos. I mean, they've wrestled each other a ton on Strong. It, it was good then. It's going to be good now. There's going to be some... Uh, Tremendous power spots with uh, Alex Cogley deadlifting Jar Kratos. That's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, Also, Mm -hmm. kickoff match, we've got David Finley versus Bobby Fish. So, I mean, that (laughs) one will pay. Yeah, Bobby Fish. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, this should be pretty good. I mean, if Bobby Fish has got his working shoes on and is out to impress, then that could be a sleeper match there. I think so. This is a good show. This is a good fucking show, dude. And, of course, we have the, the People's Main Event Day with the IWGP Women's Championship with uh, Kyrie defending her title. Carrying the division, she has been. <laughs> defending the title against the challenger, Mercedes Monet, the uh, future leader of Bullet Club. <laughs> D- Do does, you- it, does it feel like Mercedes kind of has
2: to win this one? I mean, I don't know. I mean, she really doesn't have a deal with New Japan. She doesn't really have this you know long term thing um in fact it's from what i understand it's very open ended um i don't know i it, it, i mean you would think that that it would make perfect sense and all these things that you know you would logically want to come to a conclusion to but in the same breath like i don't know if there's any commitment or guarantee or anything um with her at this point so i mean are you comfortable giving your title to to a young lady who's in that position like you know i don't know I, i i don't know if it's a slam dunk you would think it would be i don't know if it's a slam dunk do you think the place oh imagine just the fucking nonsense if she does lose oh my god (laughs)
3: you oh, <laughs> just yeah. said that i'm just imagining all the piss babies on twitter oh. <laughs> it's gonna be great yeah i kind of want it to happen just for that
2: all right well you might you might have that i mean i don't think it's a slam dunk that she she walks away with
3: it I'm opening the show <laughs> the first match on the cards nice tidy eight minute match yep yep in yep. and out yep in and out yeah as a sheet. <laughs>
2: Wowzers. That would be something, wouldn't it? I think that is uh not happening, but yes. I I would uh, <laughs> boy, would that be funny. Would that would that melt down the interwebs? Absolutely. All right, I gotta get out of here soon.
3: So let's um uh, yeah, put a pin in um, it. it I promise you, I promise you a nice tidy hour and a half. Yeah. That is it. So red com forward slash slash so, yeah. super dash j dash cast if you want to put some money towards the uh Damon Super Bowl Sushi Fund. Yeah. Uh, Discord link, you can get that. If you uh, send me a direct message on Twitter, I will let you in. Uh, like uh, Bray Wyatt, the feed. No. Uh, at Cobra and com forward slash Super JCast if you want to get one of our t shirts. I believe actually there is a, a promotion going on at the moment mm. for our t shirt. So if you haven't bought one, there is uh, a deal, a Super Bowl sale, so 20% off. The sale ends when the game ends. So you have got to get okay. it in quick. Uh, this may, it may, the offer may be over by the time you yes. listen to this. But the promo <laughs> code <laughs> is Super Bowl. Okay. So that's prowrestlingtees.com dot sl- uh, uh forward slash SuperJCast. Promo code Super Bowl, twenty percent off. Uh, so yeah, do that if you don't already have one of our t shirts. Big thank you to editor Dan, who you can find on Twitter at LousyHero two one nine. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great shows give us a five snake review on iTunes follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast thank you everybody for listening and goodbye
0: So, if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Available on all of your favorite podcast apps.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.